0: Welcome to SSP's Early Career Podcast. Thank you as always to SSP for putting this together and thank you to all of you who come each episode and listen to what we have to say. I am joined by my co-host Meredith Adenoffi in Boston. Hey, Meredith. Hi, Sarah. So today we're going to talk about the role of operations in scholarly publishing. What is it? Why is it important? And what are the many different roles that people can have within the very broad catch all of operations? Today we'll cover operations in the context of books and journal publishing, but I also work in operations and I work for a tech company. There's also operations that support sales teams. So it's a very, very big catch-all phrase for a lot of different functions and today's episode won't be exhaustive. Careers in operations can take many parts. That being said, this should give some insight into the core operations journey that books and journals take when they get published. Today we're joined by Midori Baer from Proceedings of the National Academies of Sciences, covering journal publishing, and Anne Flagel from Oxford University Press, covering books. To get started, Midori, could you kick us off by telling us a little bit
1: about yourself and your career path? Sure. I am currently the Senior Director for Publishing Operations at PNAS and PNAS Nexus. We launched a second journal last year with the National Academy of Sciences, as you said. I got my start probably 100 years ago as a production editor working for a self-publishing society. And that was entirely accidental, by the way. I answered a job ad because I was good at spelling, didn't intentionally go into publishing or operations. But I liked it and I stuck around. So from there, I went on to production management and overall global production and editorial operations management at a large commercial publisher. That was eye-opening for me. It really provided foundational experience for me. I returned to society self-publishing after that because I felt I could be most impactful there and I enjoyed it. But I've continued to refer back and leverage that early society and global commercial publishing background every day in the work that I do. Thank
0: you so much. And Anne, would you mind giving us the same summary, please? Of course. I think I
2: started out coming into publishing with that romanticised idea of working in editorial with authors on manuscripts. And I did that for some time as an underpaid or also unpaid intern until real life hit and bills needed to be paid. So I found a job in London as a development editor for EPP University's internal little publishing house. And that's how I basically fell into operations and have been there ever since. Today, and now for about a year, I've been the head of academic books operations at OUP. And I have started here about six years ago as a production editor in-house. And I learned operations from scratch. And I've kind of fell in love with something that is oh, sometimes seen as a bit of a stepchild in publishing, I think. Why would you say that? Why is it the stepchild? Looking at something that you said earlier, that is such a broad term and a lot of people don't really know what falls under operations and everything comes together here. So people don't really have an idea of what's going on or what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. And there are like what I would call the shinier areas like marketing or editorial, the more client-facing ones that work with the authors that are more in touch with the general public While operations, at least where we are concerned in books, we stay a bit in the background and people don't really know what we're doing
0: every day. I think that's a really important point that you raise, Anne, and I suspect that is the case. Maduri, would you agree with that on the journal side?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I would add redheaded stepchild to that. Um, I think that <laughs> absolutely. We're in the background. We are the infrastructure. We are where the rubber meets the road. And no, it's not sexy. It's not, you know, the exciting thing. It's not what people go in to do when they go into publishing. I don't know if I fell in love with it, but it's certainly fun. I mean, it's just problem solve all the time. And that's what I enjoyed. So it worked out better for me than the rest, but. And I think for
0: many people, publishing operations is just a huge catch-all, right? It could mean anything. So, Maduri, let's start with you. How would you actually define that for the scope of what you do, given what
1: you've just said in particular about how it's often problem solving? It is doing everything. I mean, I think the term is actually really appropriate. It is a catch-all term, and I feel like my job is catch-all. I tend to look at it breaking down the business of publishing between business and back office operations, which includes sales and finance and all of those things, and then there's editorial and publishing operations. For me and in my world, publishing operations is encompassed The manuscript lifecycle work. so whether it's peer review lifecycle, production lifecycle, and then the publishing workflows, getting all of that content disseminated, and then all of the resources, human and otherwise, that support that, whether it's the suppliers or the systems and the tools and the platform infrastructure that underpin and facilitate the workflows. That's what my kind of bucket is, but I know in other places I've worked and other colleagues I have, it's broken down differently. Different publishers and organizations will have different ways of organizing the functions according to their priorities and their structure. you have seen a lot of like editorial operations that lives with editorial. And then, you know, having it moved into an entirely operations field, it's everywhere. But for me, it's, solving all the problems no matter where they hit and working collaboratively with all of the different functional teams. So I am plugged in with editorial when they have an issue that they need to resolve and a workflow that they need to resolve. They can't do that in a vacuum. So there I am showing up to to try and help figure it out.
0: And and for you in the scope of your role, what does publishing operations mean? Is it different on the books world? I think granularly probably, but in
2: general terms, I very much agree with Midori on what she has just said. It is where everything comes together. We are problem solvers by nature. A lot of my day-to-day has to do with taking a look at where things have gone wrong. Why have they gone wrong? And how can we ensure that they don't go wrong again in future? So we come in at the last stage of books or an author's journey, and we polish, we sort things out. And we complete it and we make sure that the final product reaches the customer and the client. And while doing so, we engage with a whole host of internal and external stakeholders and need to be very versatile, not only in our skill set, but also in our knowledge. And in the same way as Madhuri, I've worked in different companies and all of them had different definitions of what operation entails. And it's quite interesting to see that. And I think it makes it so difficult to explain to people what operations is and what the appeal is working in operations.
0: So that brings me to a key point that I would like to make clear to our listeners. I think when people click onto this podcast, what they're going to expect is a granular conversation about the publication workflow after an article is accepted. To be clear, what you're both saying is that operations is in fact far broader than that. It is not just about getting the publication online after acceptance, although yes, that's important and that is a huge part of the role, but it actually has tremendous overlap with other stages of the editorial peer review and broader publishing life cycle is that accurate putting that out to both of you
1: absolutely yeah
0: yeah completely agree i think we are already getting to a point where we will be transforming people's understanding of what this topic means which is fantastic and who would you say the key stakeholders in corporations are and can we start with you who are your key stakeholders My key stakeholders are the production
2: editors in my internal teams or the project managers with our suppliers overseas. They are people that hold everything together. They are the go-to. They make sure that things stay on track and that the quality is fine. They make sure that everyone else who is involved delivers their parts on time and to the standards that we ask them to do. So they basically are ruling their little empire on each title that they produce. And sometimes it's a bit like herding cats, but for me, they, they are the key stakeholders. And then obviously they bring in other stakeholders in different
1: stages of the process. And Midori, who would your key stakeholders be? You know, same as Anne said, um, certainly our suppliers and vendors and our teams, I would add our contributors, right? Our editorial contributors, reviewers, authors, our membership, our society membership, the NAS. We also have stakeholders, you know, outside of the actual operation, right? So our media team working with press, providing content to them, their constituents, library and funder administrators for downstream information sharing documentation of course our researchers our users be key stakeholders it feels like there's nobody who isn't a key stakeholder i gotta be honest
0: wow i think that's amazing it's so diverse (laughs)
3: thank you So I would like to come back for a moment to this topic of problem solving, which you both mentioned, and I can definitely attest from my own experience in operations that that is a major facet of any operations role. And sometimes the problems are unexpected and kind of on the fly and out of the blue. So can you each talk a little bit about what are some of the most common challenges and problems you see on the operations side? And maybe let's start with Anne on the book side.
2: The problems are as versatile as the tasks that we perform, I would say. So there's not one day where not something completely new appears and you have to deal with it and you have no reference point to it. What I continuously see as a Big obstacle that we have to overcome is expectation management. So what we are able to do in reality versus what our stakeholders and specifically our authors expect from us. Because the publishing landscape, as we all will know, is changing so quickly and moving into a completely different direction than it probably was even just five years ago. And we I have a lot of authors who've been with us for years and have published dozens of books with us. And who have a certain idea of how publishing is supposed to be, they have this picture almost of a little family and everything is very handholding, and each stage of the process consists of a lot of conversations and discussions. We in operations need to then bring that under the umbrella of being efficient and effective and a global institution that has to deal with challenges like speed to market, our competitors being quicker, the technology challenges moving from print to digital. So the reality of publishing is not as romantic as it used to be. And the expectation for that are still there. So that's one of the big challenges that we're seeing kind of like the need of the business versus what our stakeholders expect from us.
3: That's such a great point about expectation management as a kind of a core part of the job. And I'm curious, Maduri, is that something you see on the journal side as well? It seems super relevant to journals to me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that was a really good one to highlight. Expectations management is every day. It's everything that we do. And one of the things I've been thinking a lot about and have for many years is, you know, we have this general expectation of agreement across functional teams or across decision makers. And it's fundamentally misleading and wrong. I think we really have to work towards strategic alignment. And that's where this piece becomes really important. And I think that's one of the roles that operations tends to have to play when negotiating across different stakeholders and different needs is making sure that we have alignment and not necessarily favoring agreement or trying to achieve agreement. That's one of the big things for me in terms of expectations management. And then just generally speaking, there's all the little things and not so little things, but tactical things that happen on a day-to-day basis. As as Anne pointed out, it's pretty diverse, you know, what can show up on a given day. And then there can be major things. Like, you know, recently we had a massive supplier outage with the ransomware attack. It took us offline for weeks. And it was one of those times in my career I was like, I don't know how to solve this problem. I this is a new one for me. And there's no roadmap. There's no way to just kind of fix it. So you have to find your way through over the course of weeks and months and get back to full operating systems. But it could be a a missed schedule or it could be a full explosion at a vendor.
3: Thanks for sharing that specific example about a supplier outage. I've experienced that before and it really is new and different and you don't really have a lot of time to react. And It makes me think about this question about operations being a catch-all. And it also makes me think about how it may not be appreciated how much sort of project management, especially on the fly, can be part of an operations role. Is that something that you see, especially at the level that both of your roles are at? Let's start with Anne.
2: Absolutely. I think project management is a key skill. What we're doing now in operations on our academic books, I would say actual work on the manuscript, being a production editor sitting down reading a manuscript, for example, that's minimal. It's everything that comes with it all the things that need to be organized around it, keeping it to schedule, to quality, to cost, making sure that all other stakeholders do what they are supposed to do, be proactive or reactive to problems that come up, make sure that contradicting priorities are sorted out. And then also, um, you're not only looking after one book, the minimum that you have on your desk are 10, and then it goes up to 15 or 20. So you have to juggle all that. And without project management skills, you're going to drown.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Anything you would add from the journal's perspective, Maduri?
1: No, I would plus one that. The NAS project management is a core competency within the operations team. In fact, that team sits within my umbrella. That would be different in a larger publishing organization, but in a small organization, it's really important. It often tends to get overlooked and just kind of gets cobbled together in smaller places. That's something that we've tried to put some structure around and created an actual team that we have within operations to be able to facilitate and support that across the organization.
3: Yeah, makes sense. Coming back for a moment to thinking about who our core audience is for this podcast, I'm wondering if you could both think a little bit about sort of more entry-level roles in the operations realm and talk about just briefly what a typical day might look like for somebody kind of entering the operations function. Maduri, maybe let's continue with you first.
1: Sure. Well, I used to be that person, so I remember it. In our world, the entry-level role is kind of a production assistant, a production editor, and that day-to-day is really It's pipeline management. It's looking at all of the manuscripts, whatever their assignment is. If it's a journal or it's a workflow stage, everybody does it differently. But it's making sure that the manuscripts are moving through the schedule and achieving their KPIs, reporting on that. Checking the vendor, you can almost kind of block it out over the course of your day. Start your day, you're looking for all of the communications from the offshore vendor and checking the deliverables for that day, and then you're moving into checking that the deliverables arrived, and then QCing them, and then you know signing off on them, and then looking at the next day's deliverables. That's really the day-to-day. And then there's a lot of interaction with the vendors and troubleshooting individual quality concerns or questions or vendor queries or exceptions. Like They're not even exceptions, but there are so many of them. But managing all of that with the partner, it ends up being really collaborative, really fast-paced, and a lot of back and forth with the different participants in the workflow. And then you get sometimes to start partnering with authors and getting their insight and their feedback and answering their questions and seeing what issues are important to them or where their pain points are. And then that gets filtered up through channels to managers and project managers and starts to inform continuous improvement activities. It's kind of fun.
3: It is fun. And that all sounds very familiar to me, I have to say. And is there anything you would add uh, from the book side that might be different? I think to that, I cannot really add anything because it is almost exactly
2: the same on the book side. What I can add is that we have a similar role to the production editor as well, which is overseeing our outsource production. So we are producing a majority of our academic books with our vendors abroad and the project editors and project managers sit with them and we then have in-house a team that oversees those project managers and supports them in the day-to-day and makes sure that they keep things on track and so they are basically primarily project managers themselves but they need all the knowledge of a production editor they need to know about the nitty-gritty they need to know our workflows and processes and systems to be able to assist our suppliers with their escalations or then also so internal stakeholders with their concerns or worries or requests. That's, again, an area where project management skill comes in as very, very, very important.
3: Yeah, and I think one of the things that's coming out in this conversation is that although there are certainly some differences, there's so much overlap, especially in this function between books and journals, and really you can translate the skills and the knowledge from one to the other. Thinking again about our audience for this podcast, what do you wish others in the industry knew about the function of operations. Let's start with Anne. How fundamental it
2: is to the publishing process and how versatile it is. The opportunities that you get working in operations, the touch points that you have across the the publishing world, because you basically work with all areas of the business, the editorial, marketing, sales, design, manufacturing, inventory. They all come together where we are because we bring it all together at the end. And these roles that we fulfill in operations, I don't think people are aware of that. So they might have like a very narrow idea of what it is and not so appealing idea either. So I say it again, versatile, and I wish people had a better understanding of it.
3: Versatile is the word of the hour, it seems. Exactly. <laughs> Maduri, anything from your side?
1: I think Anne said it all very well. I agree with everything that she said. I think I would only add that, you know, just kind of thinking broadly and going forward, Thinking about all the things that we want to do in Scalcom and in STM publishing, it's all going to be executed out of operations. So when we're thinking about really exciting ideas and what's in the future, all of the current priorities in, in the industry, whether it's increasing transparency and accessibility and equity and integrity, all of those things the idea will have to be executed, will have to be realized via operations. So it's really kind of exciting. You can think about, you know, tactical things from getting the content out and pushing everything through, but the broader implications and the broader activities, they're all living there too. Absolutely great. There is so much potential there as well. And
2: we have so much influence and impact on other areas of the business as well. So operations keeps on growing
3: I love that. I love the underlining of both the critical nature of the roles and also the potential that they have to continue contributing in new and different ways in the future.
0: So just thinking about how broad operations is and and the incredible diversity of roles and functions that I think we've identified, I'm keen to know what advice you would both give someone who's curious about a role in operations. And let's start with you. It's actually one that I had to
2: think about quite a bit because I think in the same way that Madhuri, I didn't set out to work in operations. I basically fell into it. I would say people should just go for it. Quite often when I talk to people at the start of their career or to colleagues nowadays as well, they don't really know what operations is and what they have to do in there and they are not sure, they don't apply for it and they think they don't have the right skill set, etc. Um, but because we talked already about the project management skills that are essential to this role, you find those across the board in all industries, actually. A lot of skills that you even learn when you're studying or in other jobs that have to do with project management are applicable for publishing operations as well. Everything about the actual production processes and workflows, that can be learned. If you have that skill set, if you are highly organized, and if you're good at prioritizing and project managing. And if you like to solve a mystery, that's already a good starting point. And then just go for it.
0: Thank you so much. And Madhuri, is there anything you would add to that?
1: No, I think that's well stated. If I'll extend it, right? I'll say absolutely go for it. I think the other thing I would add is just take time to build experience I encourage people to work in different places, work in different functional teams, even outside of operations, it will inform better operations result later. The other thing I would say is I see this a lot in my career that especially in publishing, that folks tend to think that there is really like only one way to do a thing. It always happens to be the way they're currently doing it. The more you travel around and the more you broaden and deepen your experience and knowledge in different places, your experience gets bigger and broader and more diverse, right? And that perspective starts to fundamentally change and widen your view of how to do work and how things can work and how things don't work. I just think that's really important and I think it's worth taking time to embrace that process as you're entering into publishing in any way, I think that's the thing I think is the most important thing.
0: I absolutely love that. And taking that a little bit further, is there one piece of advice, Madhuri, you would actually share from
1: your own career for people listening? Emotional intelligence can go a really, really long way. It can be a really critical differentiator for you and your success. Being able to communicate effectively, convincingly being empathic, these are all things that will help you overcome challenges and diffuse or or prevent conflict or issues. And conflict and challenges, all of those things are just kind of baked into operations activities and certainly operations initiatives. That particular skill I think often gets overlooked and I think it's so critical to success.
0: What about you, Anne? What would be the one piece of advice you would
2: give? I think for me, it's take a moment and think about why you go into publishing, what it is that you're interested in. As you go along into your career, try to find that moment over and over again, because it is a, especially in operations, such a fast moving industry. So many things are happening at the same time. And you sometimes can feel like you're getting between the wheels and you just keep on going and going and going. And so take those moments, take the little wins, sit down sometimes and look at what you've achieved and what you've done and hold that book in your hand or take a look at that journal that has just published online and just bathe a bit in that little glory because I find myself losing that quite often just going through the motions
0: um, and completely forgetting why we're doing what we're doing. I love that. I think that's such good advice for all of us, regardless of what role you play, just to stop and have those little wins. So thank you.
3: Thank you so much, Maduri and Anne, for taking the time to talk to us about publishing operations. I think I can speak for Sarah, hopefully in saying we really enjoyed this conversation, especially because both of our roles are in operations and I heard so many things here that I can relate to and so many great nuggets to sort of demystify and often misunderstood function that really does catch everything and really does overlap with everything. To our audience, we hope you all enjoyed hearing insights and advice from Anne and Madhuri and that this conversation helped you better understand one of the critical functions of our industry. As always, thank you for listening and Sarah and I will be back soon with our next episode.